You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 42 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. And we're deep into uncharted territory. We're deep here. This is like six, eight more episodes than we normally do. I know. And, you know, we, we're in June, and usually around this time of year, we take our summer hiatus. Summer break. Summer break. Supposed to be taking the kid. Supposed to be taking the kids to camp tomorrow. Yeah, that's not. Uh, happening. Not. That's not, happening. not. Yeah. So, so, Mia was just complaining about everybody and how it's ruined her summer. Everybody's summer is ruined. What do you think? The parents' yeah. parents summers are ruined as a result of this. Yeah. No. I know. I know. But she was going through the list of people who are on her grievance. Her grievance oh, she list. She has a long grievance list. <laughs> she has a long grievance list. Nice. I'm on it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not at the top of it. Who's at the top? Well, the Chinese for eating weird things they shouldn't eat. Oh, so she is blaming the Chinese? No, 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 no. She's uh, she's also blaming the, the president. Okay. And the people who ignored the plan. But why are you on that list then? Oh, I spend too much time on my phone. Oh. <laughs> so that's somewhat, that's somewhat less severe than spreading a pandemic. <laughs> right, right. But it's still not good. You spend too much right. time. Right. I think she's weirded out that the Chinese eat things, like the wet market thing weirds her out. Mm-hmm. Even though she's very interested in animals and wildlife and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then she's really mad because she, you know, knows that obviously it didn't have to be this way. But meanwhile, can I just say as an aside, yeah. when, when I, you... When you picked up FaceTime and I could see you, yeah. I was a little weirded out. I was like, what happened? What? You're wearing your Krav Maga uh, t-shirt, yeah. but all I could see was M-A-G-A. Uh, and I was like, why is he wearing a MAGA t-shirt? I've, I've, I've switched to the dark side. <laughs> you know, I... Get, so you're going to late flight to Tulsa? I've had this whole thing wrong. I've been wrong. <laughs> I was wrong about the president. Was, he's really he's, he does have our best interests at heart he's trying to make America he's the best again. president ever uh, you know didn't Orrin Hatch say he was the greatest president ever a lot of people are saying that he's the greatest president ever <laughs> a lot of people and I don't think I think that we have misjudged him and I really wanted to talk to you about that because <laughs> now that I've switched over, I want so, you to... Come. So it's not a Krav Maga t-shirt, it's a Krav Maga t-shirt. I want t-shirt. you to come with me to the dark side. <laughs> no, I just finished my Krav Maga online class and I didn't have oh, time. Oh, it flipped me out. I didn't have time to change, so... Uh, All right, yeah. that's good. I have, I'm, still on the, I'm still on the side of light and good and... Um, all right, good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. I was a little worried for a second. I was thinking about going to Tulsa for the mass suicide that's <laughs> going to take place tonight. <laughs> Dude, it's like, as you've been saying, it's like Jonestown. Yeah, it's like we're in the pregame to the Jonestown massacre right now. But and and so I guess the I guess the the Trump people and people who are supportive of the president are people who are just saying. Well, you know, it, the hypocrisy of all these people right. who went out and protested after George Floyd's murder mm. for racial justice and, and, and so on and so forth is, you know, that's 
that's that's their thing. They're like, well, why should right. why should one thing be okay and not the other? Well, one is we know that outside is better than inside. Yes, outside is better than inside. And I would add another factor. And it, and Go. I've been to probably ten different protests. Right. The rule is that ninety nine percent of the people are wearing masks. Right. Right. And that is. And no one who's who's lined up there in Tulsa that no. has been interviewed. No. I think, you know, the, the, the press has descended upon Tulsa because there's also a, there's also a, a large gathering around Juneteenth right. and Black Lives Matter. The counter-protests. Counter-protests. And then there's the, the president's rally at Tulsa. Sure. And so the press has descended on this city. Sure. And they've been asking people in line, waiting uh-huh. to get in. And they're like, are you planning on wearing a mask? Like, hell no. No. no because no. the president has signaled to them that it would be weak to wear a mask. The, right. The, this is a, right. This is a exactly. personal choice. The press secretary got on TV yesterday and said, it's a personal choice. It's not really a personal <laughs> choice, though. Because really what it is, is you're protecting not only yourself, but other people from getting sick. Right. So, yes, <laughs> it's a personal choice when you don't put on a seatbelt, even though that's against the law, too. And then... I don't want to go. I don't want to really want to go there, but yeah. like the Trump's like kind of his core demographics are people who are high risk generally. Well, they're old. They're uh, over fifty five. They're and right. and they're over weight. <laughs> they're not. Well, they're not healthy. Then but again, of course, healthy. you know. Yeah. Then again, way. you know the folks. Many of the folks protesting for Black Lives Matter. You know, uh, African Americans as a as a whole have uh, are suffer more from things like hypertension or um, diabetes than the average white person. But again, you're outside, people wearing masks and so on and so forth. I mean, COVID has it's like you said. The American community particularly hard, but I do have to also say that of the people at these rallies, I'm like the oldest one. There. Right. Right. So right, right. you don't see a lot of older people who generally do have those underlying issues. Or more, well, you know, more in, of, a, of a chance of having those underlying issues. They're not right. there. Has there been any reporting on the states that are having major spikes in uh, in in COVID-19, what the demographics are? I mean, I, I thought I saw that in the hospitals in Montgomery, Alabama, yeah. that 90% of the people in ICU are people of color. Is that right? With, with COVID. And what was amazing against the backdrop of that... The mayor tried to institute, you know, a masks required for, you know, stores and things like that. A whole parade of physicians testified before the city council, nurses. University of Alabama at Birmingham is like one of the leading infectious disease places Uh in the country and so on and so forth. And the mask requirement failed on a party line and racial Line. So we're saying all the white, yeah. all the white people on the council uh-huh. voted against, and all the people of color voted for, and it, as it was a tie, it was voted down. I don't understand that, but whatever. So must that's be some unfortunate. Quirk in that. But at the same time, if we're saying that the overwhelming majority of people in the hospital who are being hospitalized with the virus are African Americans, at least in Alabama, in in, in, in Montgomery, Montgomery, Alabama. Um, but it, but they're the ones who are wearing masks. That doesn't. 
that doesn't compute. I, I, right? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think that. But again, if you are, it, the mask goes both way. You're protecting yourself, yourself and you're protecting Absolutely. others. So if you're wearing a mask but someone else isn't, yeah. you could potentially still contract it. But I just thought it was so. It was so awful. It was like the early, you know, Atlanta opening where people were in, you know, like fancy buckhead, yeah. and they're like, "Well, we know the demographics of this, so we're really not worried." Horrible. I guess in Arizona, it's a lot of it's a lot of Latinos. I think didn't uh, the governor of Florida blame uh, migrant workers on the uh, I, on the spike? I don't know. I, I mean, there, there, sounds there's a spike there in Florida, right? And of course, Florida had the four thousand new cases in twenty four hours. But anyway, so I'm just, it's a very big number. But the point is, is that these again, it, these things are. Totally interconnected. Sure. Uh, the 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 fallout from the virus, the economic impacts, and the uh, and these rally and what's going on at these rallies. So there's one. It's uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So there's one party that rejects science, mm-hmm. rejects truth. Yes. And rejects authority. Rejects people telling them what to do. So it's kind of a perfect right. storm that they're not going right. to believe. The scientists because they don't value right. expertise, right. and since this isn't something they can see, a virus is invisible, so they can't see it, so they don't necessarily right. believe it. Why should they wear a mask? And your right. mask fact, is impinging on my freedom somehow. Right, exactly. It's about conformity. It's yeah. not about science. It's about forcing conformity. It's it's like some communist totalitarian system where everybody has to conform. I thought we were it's the totally communists nuts. in this equation. <laughs> you and I. No, no. No, that's what they're saying. That's what the anti-mask people are saying is that what, what it is, is it's, it's forcing people to conform. And the last thing they knew is they woke up in a free country. You know, this is, and and the question of science at this, at this hearing of the Montgomery County, Alabama, Montgomery, Um, Alabama, one of the council members, white Republican council basically came out and said, I don't. I don't, people have to make their own decisions. I don't, I don't believe the science. This is a personal choice. Personal choice. Right. It's personal choice. So you mentioned, uh, accidentally, but you mentioned Montgomery County. Yeah. Which is the county close to your heart and uh, (laughs) close to everybody's heart. Mocha. Um, What's going on in Montgomery County with this petition to get rid of Confederate street names and others? So, so there's a, actually there's a lot going on because. Because of us. Two weeks ago, after my Potomac Neighbors for Change, uh, which I'm proud to be part of, um, held our first candlelight vigil for racial justice, we determined, the, the founders determined that our next target would be uh, Jubal Early. And one of the reasons why we decided that would be our target is because we had noticed when we were posting uh, and, and the neighborhood listserv about the, about the vigil that we wanted to hold, that there was some back and forth on this about Jubal Early, a, a guy who was advocating for the name change, and there was significant pushback. And so we decided after, you know, 200 people, 250 people showed up, that maybe we can, you know, leverage that group and this desire for activism, desire to do something to, re, uh, to look at this issue again. Just as we were gearing up to do this and start an education campaign and start and, – and the people who we know who live on the corner of Devilwood and Jubal Early – well, were welcoming the idea of putting a sign on their lawn, kind of outlining who Jubal Early was. Um, the Montgomery County Council, yeah. 
uh, in a vote nine to nothing, directed the county executive and the county planning committee to one list all of the streets that are named and yep. and streets, schools, in squares in Montgomery County that are named for Confederate yep. soldiers or symbols of the Confederacy. Jim Stewart, Jubal Early, who else? Jim Stewart, White's Ford. This is this bunch. And wait a minute, um, White's Ford. White's Ford is where they yeah. went across, right? Anyway, so, so wait, they're gonna have to change White Ford too. I don't know, I don't know, but that's one that has also come up. But there's been a lot of focus on Jubal Early. Actually. I always think of Whitey Ford when I see White. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ford. As a Yankee, exactly. As a former, as a Yan- former Yankee, right. great. So uh, they've directed the the you know the county government to um, take a look at this, give us give them an inventory. Yeah. And I've been in touch with the offices of two county council people introducing Potomac Neighbors for Change uh-huh. and offering our assistance and whatever. And that one of the things they would like to do is fast track the nice. ability to na- change names of streets because it is so unbelievably cumbersome. First of all, you have to get like a petition from everybody on the street and then you spend to study this and study that yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And you're never going to, you're never going to get it. It's all designed. It's all designed from when Montgomery County was lily white. It's now a majority minority yeah. county um, to, you know, prevent African-Americans from buying or deter them from right. buying from in, the, in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then a change.org petition yeah. emerged yeah. and that we've been we've been passing many, it around. How many signatures have you gotten so far? I haven't checked it I haven't checked it today, but at first, you know, they were going for five hundred right. and I signed it and there was already like two hundred. I posted and it on I my got to Facebook it. yesterday. Right. right. We knew about it before you posted it. Well no, I um, saw Lauren posted, so I Oh you saw Lauren, so okay. I posted it from Lauren. Right. So we're very uh, engaged here. I can't say that we're excited. We were texting before. I was texting with a couple other people. I said, you know, it's it, it, all this activism seems great. Let's see what happens when there's significant pushback. There was actually an article about the change. It's been on the local news and there was an article about the change in something called Potomac Patch, which people read. And the comments on it, there was only four of them, none of them from the immediate area, from other parts of the county uh-huh. that were, let's let me just say we're not enlightened. Not, not promising. Not enlightened. There's a lot of screaming, oh, you don't understand history, uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. Here's, you know, that kind here's of stuff. the thing. When people say, like, you don't understand history or, you know, what good does it do to tear down monuments? Like, what are you going to do next? Like, start rewriting history books or start, you know, whiting out history books? Forgive the, uh, no, no pun intended, <laughs> but to, you know... To censor history and to rewrite history and to stop telling the story. I don't think that's what's happening at all. And what's interesting mm-hmm. to me is all of these things that I personally am learning about the history of this country that we never right. learned. Never knew. In the history books. Right. Did you know? I didn't know about Juneteenth. Did you know about the Tulsa massacre? No. No. Because no. You never, we never learned about it in, in middle school, in high school, right. in college. This was right. not taught. Right. So exactly. when we hear like, oh, you know, the next thing you know, you're going to want to be changing history books. Like, this stuff has been suppressed. This, this stuff isn't even included. It's been suppressed. There's a reason that right. we haven't learned about it because they right. didn't want right. us to know. Know about it. Exactly. And that is a exactly. much bigger problem. So let me right. let me get back for a second to this. Um, this Hopefully you guys will make some changes in this county. 
But you remember when we first, when you and I first started talking about this, like three years ago, and you mm-hmm. you had reached out to, I guess, the Montgomery County executive, maybe, or planning. I, I had reached out to two th- two people. One to the let's call my, them out by then, name. No, no, no. Well, my then county councilman. Yeah, I want the, was I want the guy who sympathetic or anything. The county councilman was sympathetic then, but he said, you know, it's very, very complicated. This is the way to do it and so on and so forth. And then I got involved in emailing with people who live in the adjacent neighborhood. The adjacent neighborhood, it it has to be the people on that street. There was a guy. So there was so there was a guy who was mediating it. There's a guy. He was not. I don't. There was a group of people from there. And he was sympathetic. But there was a guy who was And I was having separate emails. There was another guy. There was another guy. I want the guy who wasn't sympathetic. He was very aggressive in telling me how, you know, he was here from when the when the neighborhood was built and he knew the developers and they were great people. And uh-huh. there was a couple people like this, and that, you know, this was about recognition of history and we can't erase our history. Uh-huh. And I said, look, you know, it doesn't, it seems to me it's not a coincidence that the neighborhood was built in the, you know, early and mid 1960s. Yeah. And, you know, these were names that people would know. And it was clear that, it, no, it wasn't like that. Uh-huh. And I said, well, and then I tried to talk. I was like, well, well why would we want to recognize yeah. in anything other than the history books, People who are traitors to the United States of America and racist and slaveholders. And it was, we need to recognize history. I mean, there was really, it was, it was the developers were nice. The developers were nice and that we need to recognize history. So the other guy, what's the guy's name? Who's the guy? I got to search my, uh, I got to No, Mark Ehrlich is the county councilman, is the county executive. And so he was the sympathetic one. No, 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 no. Had nothing to do with the county okay. council. I had first contacted my county councilman who was sympathetic. Okay. Then I engaged with a neighborhood group. Oh, and they were. There was a guy who was moderating or mediating yeah. the neighborhood group who was actually quite sympathetic, but there were a number of people in that group who were aggressively yeah. opposed. And even though I lived two blocks away, it was basically like, you're an interloper, uh-huh. you're an outsider stirring oh, up trouble. I love I love, they always fall back to the outside agitator. You know, why are you so, riling right, I was, people I was, up? I was, I was, I was Antifa. You're, you're riling people <laughs> up. You come in from out of town and everybody is so peaceful until you show up and start riling everybody up. You're like let me this, see if I can, like let me see if I can find Jewish it in my email. Rouser. You're lucky we let you live in this town, mister. <laughs> so... Hold on. You're, you're yeah, looking for this guy, but I have a larger question that I've been thinking about. Yeah, go. We, you and I have been talking for a long time about the need uh-huh. to get people out into the streets to make change. Right? Yeah. In order to force any kind of change, we need a mass protest movement, which is, right. which is what we have now. Right? We've got yeah. this mass protest movement. But what do you think it is that caused this to be the, the issue and not anything else? You know, we, we've been out on the street before uh, for climate change, you know, against 
I found the guy. I found the guy. His name is Jim Ford. Okay. No relation to White's yeah. Ford. White. No. So, you know, if you if you think back to all of the different protests that we've been to since the beginning of the mm-hmm. Trump era. Yeah. The first one was the Women's March. Yeah. Then we went to... Uh, the Muslim ban Muslim march. Muslim bans and, that, you know, in protecting uh, immigrants. Children. And then the Children in Cages marches. Protecting immigrants and then... Protect, right. And then yep. the anti-school shooting yep. marches and mm-hmm. the anti, you know, climate change marches. And none of those, right. Right. none of those had any traction other than as one day, one off events. Right. But now we're in a moment where there are protests literally multiple they, times a day across the country. All over the country. In yep. big cities in suburban areas, even in small suburban areas. I don't know right. necessarily rural, but certainly outside of the big cities. And right. we see this, and, and things are changing. So mm-hmm. what is it about race that... Mm. Well, that I this, think the, This, to me, is the core issue in this country. It's the third rail of right. the country. I think what's... I think what's happened, and I think, you know, a lot of people have, you know, joined these marches, you know, non-African-Americans, people from every walks. There was a, there was an article, I meant to send it to you, there was an article in the Washington Post about uh, a group of Hasidic, Chabadniks, joined protests, which is amazing because given what happened in Crown Heights in 1991, I think what's happened is... The I first of all the, the video of George Floyd's murder sure. was so shocking. Anyway, we've seen the murders of other black men, but it was so so shocking. And those police officers were so totally indifferent yeah. to his his life. They were like they were like plantation masters, right? Kind of thing, like at, with this total indifference to to George Floyd's life, literally his life. Yeah. Um, that I think it's galvanized people to say, "Hey, this is this is real. This is total. This is this is so unfair." I mean, I think there's been a lot of discussion in the country about unfair policing, the warehousing of people in jails, uh, and so you know, you never know. If you study revolutions, you never know what that right. trigger is going to be, where people all of a sudden. Their preferences change, and something that had not been important, or something that they were afraid to articulate, yeah. they are no longer afraid, and they change their preferences, and they go out on the streets. It's totally unpredictable. It, yeah, and that's that's kind of like where I'm going with this because if you think about it, mm-hmm. right, the Sandy Hook shooting in December of 2012, right. twenty six year old children were oh, killed God. in their classroom. Right. Twenty. Right. And the country convulsed and was in mourning and cried, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then two years ago, we had the killings in Florida. In Florida, right. Nothing happened. And we had it like, okay, so all of a sudden the kids who survived that got up and they started a movement. But nothing changed. Which is still... It's still... That, right, but nothing... Don't, don't get me wrong. Right. They're still doing really And there's been some modest... Work. There's been some modest gun modest. control legislation in places Emphasis like... Right. Modest. 
Right. And of course, the, the crazy right goes bananas. I mean, you, you had very modest things. You can only buy one handgun a month now <laughs> in Virginia. And they went right. fucking bananas. Insane. So, right. So why this and not that? And like you said, I, you can't, there's no, you don't you know, suck. like, you know, you don't know who, who could have imagined when uh, right. somebody set themselves on fire, you know, right in, in Tunisia, in, Tunisia in December, that, 2010, that right. would lead to the entire Middle East, you know, become destabilizing. Right. So you don't know what that you, thing you is. You don't know. We, we have no idea what it is about that incident. I mean, I know, you know, we, that mobilizes Large numbers of people. There are already people who are mobilized, but but, but we don't know why that was. But time and again it. in this country, it comes back to race. Right. It's, it's yeah. I think an we'll inescapable look. fact of, right. of who we are. This is this is part of our DNA. Well, one of the things also I think the reason why you're getting these kinds of multicultural kind of protests yeah. is you do have greater interaction among African-Americans, whites, Latinos, Absolutely. You, uh, you know, that you didn't have necessarily in the fifties and the 1960s Absolutely. and certainly before. And so, you know, when you, when you interact with people and, and they're just like you yet, they fear things that would never, right. Things that, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fear the, 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 the injustice of it all is so outrageous yeah. that that's why people, people have come out in large numbers. Uh, and this is not, it, it is not just an African American issue. Absolutely. So many African American men and women are targeted, have been killed. There's been no justice. And I think people really have just had enough. I mean, someone said it. Look, you can't talk about liberty and freedom if a large number of people in your own country don't have it. Dude, we fought fascism in World War II. We fought for democracy overseas <coughs> and then didn't have it here. And then soldiers who came back home to the United States, African-Americans, right. were lynched. They were redlined. And, I mean, Lynched, redlined, so, dispossessed. So this isn't yeah. the first time that we're dealing with American hypocrisy. But I think that you I think it's a good point that people are more exposed to it now, or people of the world yeah. is more open. I also think there are more interracial families now. So right. it impacts right. a lot more people. Right. So you might be right. really white sitting in the middle of the country, but you have and, you know, your cousin's kids are not right. really white. So all of a sudden, right. just like with the whole gay marriage thing, as soon as more and more people realize that members of their own family were gay, then right. it became less of a less of a taboo for them and more. And it was easier for them to accept it. But 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 one of the one of the problems is, yeah. is that as as the majority, there are things that we don't realize are happening like in, in a kind of innate way because it doesn't happen to us. So I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you two examples, two quick examples yeah. from, from I had, I have lost touch with a very, very close friend from college who's African American. One year he came home where he was from St. Louis. One year he came home with me for Thanksgiving and 
we were, it was, you know, it was a, the Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We were going to go out for like a big family dinner and we did. And we went to this terrific Italian restaurant uh, in a, a, a town called Farmingdale on Long Island. It was really a great restaurant. And we walk in and we walk in with my friend who's African-American and we sit down and we order and we're like not getting our food yeah. and not getting our food. And, not, and it's like this unusually long period of time. My father calls over the waiter. Yes, 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 yes. They didn't, they didn't want to serve us. They wanted us to get up and leave. And when we left, you know, we were like, wow, that was really weird. This, that, and the yeah. other thing. It wasn't until later that my mom and I talking about it realized that even though we didn't realize what was happening, my friend likely understood what was happening. And it was the same guy who, when we were graduating, he was all over me. He's like, his, his dad had said, go get yourself a really nice suit for graduation. And, you know, we were in Poughkeepsie. You could go to the gallery and go to Macy's, but that's not really what I think his dad had in mind. And so he, so he kept asking me, he's like, hey, will you go to the city with me? Will you go to the city with me? And I was like, I don't want to go to the city. I don't want to go to the city. I don't want to go to the city. And finally, I relented. But it wasn't again until later I realized why he was all over me, like, aggressively to go to the city. Because if he had walked into right. a store, right. Bloomingdale's, whatever, Saks, whatever, yeah. hassled. Yeah. Let me ask you, what did but, you... So, so I, so, so I, it's, it's heartbreaking to me, one, that those two things happen and doubly heartbreaking to me that I didn't immediately realize what was, what was going on there. Well, he could have told you. No, I know, but I think he probably was somewhat reluctant. Maybe. Like, I, hey, come with me. I don't want to be followed around. Yeah, that's fair know, though. Sacks. So, I know, I know, but I don't. I, I think he may not. I think he may have been reluctant. Maybe to tell. What me. was your father's reaction in that restaurant? Did he realize what was going on? It, 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 they, my parents never went back. They never went back. But your father. Like, they never went back. I could see, knowing your father the little bit that I did, that he would have caused a scene at the time. Well, we eventually got. We eventually got our food, uh, and we ate. And my father pay, and my parents paid. Yeah. We walked out. Yeah. I don't think it took years for them. I think they must have realized like that night what was going on. They never went back to that restaurant. Interesting. Never went back to it. But you know, with everything that was going on, that's been going on, we, my mom and I were talking and we remembered this incident and how horrible it was and how horrible she felt that it took her a longer period of time to realize what was happening when to ben, he must have understood immediately what was going on. That's so interesting. Immediately. You know, it's, it's funny because when we were away a couple of years ago, we went to Croatia and Bosnia. Right, I remember. And when we were driving in the countryside in Bosnia, we stopped at some roadside place to get some lunch. Yeah. And we walked inside, and this was um, this was like a Serbian place. It wasn't like a Muslim, it uh-huh. wasn't a Muslim restaurant. Uh-huh. We walked in, uh-huh. nobody came to our table. Like, really? nobody. And, you know, we stayed like 10 minutes, and finally we are like, well, all right, let's just leave. Right. They clearly didn't want you guys. They Jordan, the Jordan is the one who pointed out to me, he's like, you know they didn't want us there. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, they didn't come to our table. It was an empty restaurant, and nobody came. Right. I'm like, you think? It didn't even occur to me. He's like, come on. They knew exactly that we... I'm like, how do you think they know that we're Jewish? And he's like, have you looked in the mirror? 
<laughs> I'm like, maybe they just didn't want to deal with us because they didn't speak English. He's like, I don't think so. Right. And that's, you know, it didn't even occur to me. Like, the fact that, right. like, people, like, can treat you like that in a restaurant, it's like, oh, they're just shitty right. at what they do. Like, it didn't occur to me that they're right. like, mean, right. like, that they right. really well, that want was, you to that eat was, there. That was the story. They were like, oh, maybe the kitchen's right, really backed exactly. up. Yeah. Why is it taking so long? But blah, blah, blah. No accidents. In the, I'm sure, while we're having this conversation, Ben, in the back of his mind, or the yeah. front of his mind, is like, no, it's because I'm here. That's crazy. But yeah. it's horrible. It was horrible. That's horrible. 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 But like, it doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't happen to me. Never had. We've gone to that restaurant a lot because it was such a good Italian restaurant. I'll never go back. Never went back. Never went is back. It still, does it still exist? I have no. I have no idea. I hope not. Yeah. That's horrible. I mean, Long Island. Then what do you want? Well, yeah. Look, um, you know, Trump held his his first rally in New York in on Long Island. Now, that's not to say that everybody in on Long Island is you know some I, Trumpster. There's Iris a, Cook but is, is a liberal. Iris Cook, uh, she's Antifa, <laughs> and um, I, I, I just it, it's I, the memory is very very painful now, yeah. very very painful. It's horrible to think that this is the country right. that you and I grew up thinking was the greatest country in the history of the world may not right. be as great as what we were told. Well, you, I mean, you, we were, we were talking, this is a, a long yeah. time ago and you're saying like, yeah, look, you, you study authoritarian systems. Like if you're not white in this country, it's authoritarian. They show up. Where's your papers? Let me see your papers. Or yes. you get, I finished Just Mercy, which I started reading actually before George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. And what happens to poor, I mean, he, he profiles a number of white people too, but what happens to predominantly poor people of color who have no recourse yeah. whatsoever is like in an authoritarian system. You know, it's, it's one country for some people, it's a different country for other people. And yeah. that sounds, you know, I didn't realize that we were living in apartheid South Africa. And, and the main, the main story that Brian Stevenson tells goes back to 1986, 1987. Like we I was in college. It wasn't, this isn't a story about, right. you know, like the height of Jim Crow. But this is Alabama in the 80s, where Jim Crow never went away. Really? Alabama's like the worst state in the world. I don't know. Mississippi's Ooh. pretty bad. They're both. But that's the thing. And when you think about it, you think like, oh, well, in the late 80s, when we were going to college, right? Early 90s. Right. Like, oh, the 60s was such a long time before. No, it wasn't. Right, no, right. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Exactly. But because everything was in black and white, you know, and when we heard about it, it was like history. It's like, oh, we've gone beyond that. We may have, right. but they certainly haven't. I mean, what, what was what was that thing that Thanksgiving that we went to that Italian restaurant? Nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, crazy. But that could happen today. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It could happen today, and it does happen. It abs. It does. Now the thing is, we're uh, we're aware of it, and we need right. to change it. Yeah, working on it. All right, man. Working on it. Keep that All right. Keep that what we're doing. Let's hope it works. All right, everybody. We're out of here. See you.